Okay, welcome to Aaron Calling 2020. Yo, new year, new you. (laughs) (laughs) New year, new us. Yes, I'm here to answer one question. (laughs) Will you hose me down with holy water if I get too hot? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Yes. Okay, good. Is that a a rhetorical question? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have much holy water on me, but I can I can uh, I can have some on the on the ready if you need it. <laughs> Just bless that thing and hit me with it. <laughs> um. So our first episode back, we have bought way too many like like it hurts. it's out of control. It's more of than more than probably my worst, but it's uh everyone that gave me money for christmas i was like Boop, there we go so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh yep. it was easier just to to um just to use that when it came in and and now i don't have to worry about it anymore i don't have to plan on what it could have been if i'd put it all together <laughs> and used it in some positive way instead right. i just have packages that keep showing up at the door so yep Sounds like uh, your holiday is just like mine. Yes. But <laughs> today we're going to uh, just do portions of maybe some of the stuff we've picked up over the holidays. Yeah. And do um, do you want to do one of your radio tags for our big segment? Oh, that's right. Welcome to Alternate History. <laughs> today's, uh, <laughs> today's Alternate History episode will be uh, Bob Dylan. And yes, uh, specifically related to the band or just in general? Yeah, just it's more like the question of what happens if Dylan doesn't go electric. Oh, that's a good teaser. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's kind of a it's a, I feel like it has a ripple effect that goes way beyond, obviously. And uh, maybe we'll get into some of that. We'll find out. Coming up. Stay tuned. Okay, so... Alternate history. My my <laughs> list here that I'm going to... That uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in and out of with you is yep. your fault. Because... Hi. Somewhere <laughs> before Christmas, you were like, Hey, have you ever been to youdiscovermusic.com? And I was like, yeah. no. And you're like, they're having a huge sale. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, that's what you said. I went there and yep. it was all downhill from there. But I wasn't exactly blown away at the beginning. Um, they had one thing, two things that I really wanted. And then all of a sudden I was, I would just like forget and they would just keep sending me coupons to keep coming back. So like right. I had these stupid prices to just keep coming back and ordering from them. Right. Um, so my, uh, yeah, so my, I think, uh, so yeah, so I'm just going to do, that's still one, two, three, four, five, six, that's still seven purchases with seven records yep. and two purchases <laughs> because not only did it get me once, but then after the new year, they emailed me and said, we're still having the sale and we'll still give you this. And then I forgot about it and they still sent me another coupon. So I still right. got a stupid amount off. So, and um, I never got the coupon, but I just entered the code and I got I the coupon. <laughs> yes. I, that's okay. It wasn't that clever. I think it was like come back or something yeah. because I had and left there, it in my then, cart. Then there was like a weird survey thing that they give you another 20% off. 
oh yeah i need to do that i need to do did that. that and um, so then there's a whole that's a whole it, yeah it's just this thing has bad. become like a whole portion of my life because i got a whole section of warped records in i had to like deal with that <laughs> send it back like this was this was a whole yeah. thing but but i yeah. saved a lot of money when i got all this stuff so like i it's true it was it was worth it it was worth it so i mean some of what um, i ordered was like i think nine nine dollars and 46 cents yes it was all like yep tabulate so i was like yeah i'm okay with that so. i uh and then i'll throw in one um like lazy amazon purchase that i did which i say i never buy records on amazon because it's too easy but i did uh, i did find myself uh purchasing one um right. only because i thought i had missed it but um that's fair but yeah um and then you've got a list so why don't we dive yep. in you want to go All back right. and forth back and forth let's go back and forth you want to start okay. this one no you go first okay um well I know I texted you this, so this won't be that much of a, but I got to talk about it. Uh, walked into my, one of my faves here, if not my fave at this point in, uh, in town, Carolina soul, which you have been to with me. I have uh, been bidding on stuff all day. Thanks to you. Jerk. <laughs> but yes, go ahead. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a fun place right now for whatever reason they have hit like a stride that like yep. every time I go in, I'm like, wow. Yeah. And prices are good. Condition is great. Um, selection is awesome. So yeah, I walk in. Good. I had, we were just driving by and uh, Stacy was like, hey, did you want to go stop in there? We had Ozzy with us. So he always likes to flip through records and everything. Yeah. So went in. Uh, I had, for some reason, I had had uh, Stevie Nicks's first two solo records on my mind as like, yeah. Kind of like that. If I see those out in the wild, it'd be nice to have. Walked in, somebody had just dropped like a Fleetwood Mac, Stevie <laughs> Nicks pile, and both of the both uh, Belladonna and the Wild Heart were both boom boom right there. There you go. Uh, whoever had them also heavy smoker. Um, <laughs> like the whole pile was just like wow. That is you could smell it like flipping through. Yeah, like wow, still. which ones are those? And it's like wow, no, that's that's the ones. Um. So, yeah, I mean, these are like, you know, Stop Dragging My Heart Around, Edge yeah. of 17, yeah. uh, my personal fave, Stand Back, which starts side two on the Wild Heart uh, with an uncredited uh, organ part by or synthesizer part by Prince. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently she was like, I don't know, in, inspired by a uh, little red Corvette to like write Stand Back. Which once you know that and you listen to it, you're like, Yeah, she was. But it's a great song. I remember watching her in the video and like as a kid and being like, What is up with that witch woman and her (laughs) hair flowing? It's like obviously she's just standing in front of a fan on like a moving sidewalk or something, like and that's it. But um great records. I was actually listening to them uh right before we called. Um again, because I'd never for some reason, I never had them, even on CD. Yeah. I always had, like, you know, I think songs I have a lazy, from them, like, like greatest hit CD, which is weird. Right. Stevie Nicks, but. Right. Um, but, yeah, great and uh, great scores. I think they were, like, I think it was, like, I think, I can't remember what I told you, maybe 12 bucks total for yeah, both, awesome. something like that. So, and they're in great shape. There's, like, a pin mark on the first one or something. I think they knocked it down. But, Yeah. Anyways, number awesome. one. Uh, uh, I'm just going to start with the most expensive one in mine. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It was the roots, the things fall apart. Yes. The three LP set. And this was one of the ones that I was talking about getting for a while. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I have looked at it. I've read the book. I've done everything. (laughs) I have not actually had time to listen to it yet. Um, But I paid 70 bucks for it through this. You discover all these discounts. And I think it's normally 125. So it's totally fine with that. Um, And like things fall apart. Things fall apart in phrenology are kind of probably two of my favorite roots records. So until they get around to reissuing phrenology, there was just a two LP version set on this, and um, that was even cheaper. But um, I went ahead yeah. and sprung for the the three LP set. It's kind of cool. It comes in like a little box, and you can move, you can change the picture in the front, like oh, however nice. you want it. So, um, but yeah, so I'm very excited to have it. I just um, I own a lot more Roots records than I think, so this one will fit fit right in there nicely. So. Right. There's like a breakout of every track too. Like they kind of give like, you know, behind the scenes look on it. I think there's one. I forget what the big hit on that record is, but like Questlove does a whole thing about how he wanted to mess mess with it so much that it would have never been a hit, but they all knew it was the single. <laughs> right. And it was like, long story short, <laughs> don't mess with the Grammy song, son, or something like that. Right. So it was kind of right. cool. So I'm excited to have that one. How much? Uh, how much like extra material is on that one? Uh, like, I think it's a whole LP's worth, but gotcha. um, because you could get a two LP set with just the record and not the bonus stuff. So yeah, so I'm 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 assuming it's the uh, it's like that third record again, right? As you will see, I just I'm <laughs> I've got a bit of a backlog, so uh, I will <laughs> get to fair. it soon. Also, to my best, uh, my stereo system in my main room, which is what's like where hip hop kind of plays best on is um, like the phono board and the receiver I've been using is really fuzzy right now. So it's driving yep. me nuts. So like when I play something on there, it just doesn't sound that great. So, right. Um, so yeah. So once I get all that sorted, I'll, uh, it'll be a good one to put on there. So nice, nice, nice. Uh, I guess next up for me uh, at the same time uh, at Carolina soul, uh, I walked in and, saw a record that you and I had talked about through another little rabbit hole that we went down, uh, XTC's oranges and lemons, which is kind of an offshoot of that weird Dukes of stratosphere thing that they did, which was like this weird psych project thing that was supposed to be a record and this big thing unto its own. And like, I think, in one of those record label sort of moves, they were like, yeah, you guys should not do that. <laughs> and they were like, no, but it's great. And they're like, yeah, but nobody's going to get this. Like you think they're going to get this. So a lot of that material, if I'm remembering right, a lot of the material that they kind of worked on for that became oranges and lemons. Um, but in a more pop format, um, and, uh, so it gave us, I think what was their biggest hit, the mayor of simpleton, um, oh, yeah. and then also King for a day is the next song, which is another, uh, hit for them. And I think it was like one of the, they had this run where like their songs kept showing up in movies and King yeah. for a day is one of those. Um, another record had a couple of jams on it, but, um, it's a lot of fun, super poppy. It is not the 
angular, weird, post-punky XTC. It's like when they went like full-on pop time XTC. But uh, still really good. Um, I think it's right before like uh, Andy Partridge basically like took over in a way that was unhealthy. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and kind of wouldn't let anybody else do anything. So, but yeah. uh, yeah, really good. And one of those moments of walking in, having thought about something, and like it's literally right there. So fun. Let's see. My second one was the In Utero 20th Anniversary. Yeah. Pretty much box sets, three LPs. It's um, great. Got it for forty two bucks, which I thought was yes. pretty good. Um, and it is everything you would expect it to be. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, it sounds great. Uh, I have listened to this one, and um, you know, I've said here many times, I've just been lazy about picking up, right. you know, some of those Nirvana records. So um, to pick this one up, you know, at that price, I was like, oh, perfect. So I'm excited right. about it. It is a. Uh... I must say, as far as remasters go, I think it is one of the better jobs I I've heard as as far as like a reissue thing, like in which I had no problem with the way it sounded to begin with. It wasn't like yeah. like when I got mine, I played it and was like floored, and then I put in my like OG CD copy and was yeah. like still like man i love this too but man that vinyl copy does have a seemingly does have a little extra uh, to it that is nice yeah yeah i mean it was i've always just shied away from it for the price and just because i own it own it on cd and i've always just like i said i've just been lazy about it but um you know once i knew i was in on a couple of these albums i just kept shopping and adding so that was right. one of the ones that i that i knew would be a no-brainer and getting listened to a lot so yeah right so I'd have it. um in another uh trip to yep carolina soul uh i got uh ahmad jamal's extensions which is uh i'm currently in this like crazy kick of jazz pianists which is not a thing that I was like super into before, but for some yeah. reason have become super, uh, maybe it's the Herbie Hancock uh, thing, but uh, this is an earlier Ahmad Jamal record um, with the trio that uh, he basically had or has had his whole career um, playing some pretty amazing compositions. Some of them are like, really i mean it's just like it's one of the few records i've gotten that i i knew a little bit about but i never like really heard that i like got and was like kind of enthralled from the, the second i put it on like wow like what is going on like just three dudes doing all that um and it just kind of keeps you like really into what's going on all the time like you're really like i want to know what's going to happen next kind of deal which is kind of uh-huh. rare um, but it's on uh, Argo slash Chess. I think this is, as far as I can tell, this was an OG copy that I got for like super cheap. So I don't know. It could have been like a maybe a later or later on reissue, maybe a repress of some sort. But um, yeah, because it's stereo. So 
definitely a repress, but uh, it's really good. I definitely I highly recommend it. I think I sent you a text the second I put it on. I was like, you need yeah. to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ahmad Jamal is great. Like, there's a couple of his records that like I'm really like after, but are crazy expensive because they're like all the kids who look for the samples are like trying to get them too. So yeah, but 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 yeah. Uh, that fits well with my next one, which I just finally got around to buying the John Coltrane Blue World. Uh, Oof. Now, I didn't get all the fancy ones. I just have a regular old boring uh, black copy. But, um, Me too. But I got it for $17.50. So, and that thing's right. hardly been out for... Well, I mean, it came out about mid mid last year, right? So yeah. Maybe six, seven months top. So for yep. se- at seventeen fifty, brand new, I will take it. So Yes. Um, uh, I love it. I like listen to it when it first came in and then kind of put it away. Cause I had, I was, cause I'm a crazy man. I was buying so much other stuff. Um, and then the other day I kind of went through like all the Coltrane stuff and was like, like, I need to listen to this in both directions at once, like again, and like yeah. really take these in. And it was really, it was awesome. Yeah. I was super excited when I saw that one. I think I actually saw that one, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting that. Yeah. That one and the next one are the ones, that, the first two that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely getting those. And then kind of started tacking <laughs> on some more expensive things from there. So can't can't beat a brand-new Coltrane record for 18 bucks. So Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, boom, boom, boom. What else did I get? Uh, Willie Nelson's Red-Headed Stranger. <laughs> did you really? That's funny. I got That's it. Awesome. I got it. Um, the record, the record least likely to have ever been as popular as it became. Like, why is that record? Isn't that so, every Willie Nelson record? It's it's so crazy. Like, like when you hear it and you 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 know reread like I did the story about you know he walks in with this record and gives it to them, gives it to the label, and they go. It's a great demo, and he's like, "That's the record," and they're just like, "What?" And he's like, "That's the record." <laughs> you can hear you hear when you listen to it. You're like, "Yeah." If I was the guy in the meeting, and he's like, "Here's the record," I'd be like, "Where's the rest of it?" Yeah. <laughs> Especially at the time, it's like nobody's handing, you know, record labels country concept albums that consist of like you a guitar, maybe a piano. And sometimes a band. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody does that. It's, it doesn't even sound like they like mixed it. It sounds like he like literally sat in front of a microphone. So I said, yeah, I think I pushed record. And then they went. But I do love my favorite Willie Nelson records are like there's two of his like way later records. Uh, Spirit and uh Teatro that he did with oh, yeah. uh, Daniel Lanois, but Spirit especially is a lot like Redhead Stranger, but it's just it's literally just him and his sister playing piano, and that's yep. it. And like him singing like the saddest songs on earth, and uh, it's just great like to hear him do his thing, you know. But uh, I've always wanted to get this one and never been able to find it for a price that like made sense. Um, and this one was not very much, so Great. and in good shape. So yeah, Willie. Uh, so the 
the one that got me totally hooked on this you discover thing where i'm like all right i'll place an order was <laughs> just deciding that i would not worry about because i've been searching for one for a while online and i was like eh, you know reading other people's online gradings of how things sound is always hit or miss so right um but it's the it's basically the uh the Zappa Mothers of Invention Oof. freak out um, reissue, which Oof. Uh, sounds great. It's a double LP. Yep. Um, I think it's like 180 gram for people that care about that stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, super nice and clean. Like I said, sounds great. I mean, like still chipping the edges of the, the wax off the record that we're hanging off. And, uh, yep. um, you know, I like I said, I've I kind of been I got it for $16 brand new. So. <laughs> I so mean, my I. thing, my my thing is like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm probably gonna pay that if not more for really, you know, beat up old copy because right. that album especially, I don't think people were overly cautious with. You know what I mean? It's so right. out there and goofy. But um, man, I just get that, and I forget the song title, but that lyric where he's just like, "I don't even care if your dad's the heat." <laughs> listening to it at work and it's just it's a great way to kind of break up the monotony of the day so it's right so odd so odd so odd but yeah i mean 16 bucks so that that rounded up like my, my first order so it was like 16 bucks for zappa 18 for coltrane 42 for in utero three lp set and then 70 for the three lp root set yeah. so you know uh I, th- I think with shipping and everything and all the other ones i think it came out to be about 150 bucks so yeah i was excited nice nice and then i got another order that then i got another order that i'll go through i think that's just four four each okay uh let's see what else um oh i got uh ray charles and milt jackson's uh soul meeting yeah which is uh one of three records that they did together i believe in the mid 60s i believe um Anyways, uh, this is the second of those, I believe. And uh, it's just like, uh, I was telling someone about this today. I was like, if you like Ray Charles on just more than like a surface level at all, I feel like these are like almost required to hear because you hear him play piano in a way that you don't necessarily get to hear him play on the vocal records because these are all instrumentals and like the first song is hallelujah i love her so but it's like he's just like shredding the piano and mill jackson is playing like the vocal part on the vibes and it just sounds like somehow they were able to capture that like they these two guys are just having fun like they're just like they're just literally like hey man you want to make a record sure and just let's book some time go in and do our thing and like high fives and let's leave you know and uh it's really great it's just a lot of fun to listen to uh especially because if you already know i think there's three of those songs that are like uh ray charles yeah there's six on your total and four of them are ray charles songs and so like you kind of already know them and then to hear them in like a different form is a lot of fun very cool yeah so 
I got an email again after that first <laughs> order. Like, we hope you enjoy your order. We're still I'm having so sorry. sale. And I'm here's so another. Sorry. Here's I think it was like another thirty percent off. It was insane. So <laughs> I bought three more records that time. Oh. And uh, let me start with the one that was great, and then the other two were warped. So I had yes, to, I had to get those reordered. But so I was joking with. Emily the other day that uh, you never find at least I haven't I have a very hard time ever finding the blind faith record mm-hmm. with the what some would deem rather inappropriate cover yes um, and you very rarely find them in the wild I think I found one once and it uh, no I didn't even see it I saw somebody post it like in a you know like in a for sale thing or whatever like right. a, a flip vid if you will and yeah. i was like ooh i'll just see if that's still there when i go and it wasn't in the the store owner she was like yeah those those go really fast but yeah i was told her i was like i never i was like you know you just don't find those for a good price well you <laughs> discover music had the half speed mastered version right for $12.50 right brand new Yep. So in the shopping cart it went, and <laughs> it comes with a certificate from Apple Studios, like of wow. explaining the whole remastering process. And it sounds great. I mean, it really sounds great. I'm not like a huge Blind Faith fan, but I've listened to right. it multiple times. Just right. because there's that one, there's those weird times you're like, well, this is like a Blind Faith record. I don't know. And I put it on, and it sounds great. And like I said, the half speed mastered like twelve dollars and fifty cents, so no yeah. brainer. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that 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 was the first one of that order. <laughs> do you want to uh, do you want to go ahead and tell the full story? Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell it. Go ahead. The other two ones I got were Velvet Underground's White Light White Heat, the forty fifth anniversary. They're like yep. two blue LPs. They're both one hundred eighty gram, but I got it for twenty dollars. Nice. And uh, Liz Fair's Whip smart um the colored lp for 14 bucks so 34 for both of those um but when i got the velvet underground and liz fair they were very warped and velvet underground was so warped that the first song which is white light white (laughs) the needle actually jumped off of the the vinyl like it would skip that's how bad it was yeah and i was like you gotta be kidding me so I emailed them. It took a minute. I got these very like bot feeling replies back, like with yep. like face emojis. It was very strange. <laughs> but they were like, "Can you send photos?" So I sent them photos, and they they um they they shipped me new ones. The Velvet Underground's great. The Liz Spare still is a little bit of a warp, but it plays okay. But I think yep. that's just probably you know. Uh, I think it's you. a universal pressing, so they probably yep. just pressed a ton and stacked them all up, and um, you know they haven't been flying off the shelves, so they got a little right. Warped, but um, but you know the you just you discover folks were totally fine, and actually I think if I go do a survey on how they handled this, I actually get another discount, which is I think you do. But... <laughs> I think you do, and it will be twenty percent off because that's all they offer. Just yeah, twenty percent, twenty percent, twenty percent. I know, I know, but um, but yeah. So those, you know, I mean, um, I don't know. It was just I had a little bit of Christmas money to burn, and I thought I'm never gonna find these at those prices again. So, right. so I jumped on it. So it was pretty fun. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I got one of. 
our uh, favorite artists, Daryl Hall and John Oates. There you uh, go. Private Eyes, which I think you also recently. Ooh, got. yeah, I found yeah. it for a dollar. And yeah, this was not a dollar. It was like <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't crazy more expensive. I mean, it yeah. might have been like eight or something yeah. like that. Um, and it's like super clean, original insert, the whole thing. Like it's it's nice. Um, the thing I love about this is that now that you know we have discovered that Daryl Hall record, like when you hear this record, you can kind of hear some of that because it's like '81. It's like the exact same moment for Daryl Hall. It's like yep. he's been off making his like punk rock record or whatever. Yep, it's like art rock thing, and now he's got to make this Hall and Oates record. And so like, yeah, you got your private eyes on there and all that, but you know what is it uh yeah i can't go for that that's a weird that's a weird track even as a single that's a weird track and you can hear some of that weirdness that he was like dipping his toe in showing up which is fun um and it has that crazy what is it is it mano a mano which is the like (laughs) john Oates song which is so weird yeah it's so weird It's like, who is that guy? Who let this guy in the building? It's probably um, something. It's probably some subliminal message against Oates. I mean, against Daryl Hall. Right. But, but right, from yeah, Oates. He's, but. It's probably like, go punch him in the dingus. Yep. Um, let me see. What else? While I'm That's here. a great record, uh, by the way. When I found that, I was like, sweet, I'll sell this. And then I totally kept it. Of course. Uh, I got this cool comp, uh, Electricity, which is... Uh, a stylized electricity. Um, it is electronic music of Dusseldorf. Basically, it's Krautrock. Yeah. <laughs> um, two discs. I got it for like seven bucks at Bull City Records. Um, it's just in there. It's on uh, Groenland uh, Records, which is like they're basically like reissuing like all the Noi records and all the weird like early Krautrock stuff. Um, and this is just kind of like an overview of the whole thing and it's really great. Um, if you like that kind of thing, a really fun thing to just kind of like put on and occasionally like you can kind of zone out and come back in and be like, wow, what is going on here? That's really awesome. Or this is the most annoying thing I've ever heard. Make it stop. (laughs) Um, and then, what else? There's so many things I'm looking at right now. Uh, Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway. Uh, self-titled album, which has uh, Where's the Love on it. Um, they redo You've Got a Friend. Uh, You've Lost That Love and Feeling is on here. Um, it is a great, great soul album. Uh, I love Roberta Flack and Donnie Hathaway so very much. Donnie Hathaway... That whole story is super sad and all that, but that man can sing. Yeah. Um, and this is a great one. And somebody pointed out when I, a designer friend, uh, when I put this up on Instagram, they're like, that cover is ridiculous. And like, the more you look at it, it is ridiculous. Like, it's like they're, it's somebody's hands making like all these crazy designs. And then like when, you know, it's like one of those magic eye things, like as you back away from it, it's like, looks more like stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really great, but it's a great record. Uh, I would love, record. I would love to find her LP. I think it's Quiet Fire, like with the 
with the big rounded uh, Afro photo on the front with the 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 Roberta Flack and Quiet Fire title in red going around it, like black and red, kind of alternate. Yeah. That yeah, one's yeah, great. Yeah. I'd love to find that one. I would totally pick that one up. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I forgot ridiculous. to tell you the um, the other one other thing I ordered, my lazy Amazon purchase, which was oh, yeah. the um, Frank Zappa Hot, Ro- Hot Rats reissue, the pink right. Right. And I thought I'd missed it because I guess, and I guess I'm just confused like everybody else, but I think it was originally supposed to be a record store day release, but it didn't make it in time. So yeah. I thought I'd missed it. And then I saw it pop up on Amazon. I was like, oh, sweet. I'll just buy it there. And then all the stores were like, we finally got it in. I was like, oops, or else I probably would have just driven down to the store and gotten it. But, um, and it was also on, uh, youdiscover.com. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't buy it. That's there. where I, was I like, got oh, it. Man, nice. <laughs> um, we haven't even gone through I, I will say that minute. whenever I play it, my dog uh, very quickly leaves the room. Not he's not a big fan of it, but <laughs> it is definitely that sort of record. Like you yeah. either you either in or you're not. Like it's just one of those records. I think I got into that record the same time I got into uh, Live at the Fillmore Almond Brothers record. Like like I went into like super guitar jammy yeah. world and i was like i'm going all in and i i like I, I think in the same shopping trip i bought both hot rats and that and i think i might have gotten it at grimy's i think maybe forget who was checking me out but like looked at me like you okay yeah <laughs> i was like yeah i'm gonna spend some time <laughs> with with these dudes for a minute so funny story um on the 23rd a friend of mine told me this the other night um so they're having a at Parnassus Books, the, mm-hmm. a guy named Bill Gubbins or Gubbins. I'm not sure. G-U-B-B-I-N-S. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Hot Rats book coming out and uh, it's kind of oh, wow. timed with the 50 years or whatever. So he's going to be there um, uh, talking about the book and signing that. So I may try to nice. make it down there that night. That'd be kind of cool. So, yeah. I was he was like a teenager or something, like when he shot these. Yeah, he oh, was wow. 19 when Zapp invited him to document the hot rat session. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? So, that yeah. That's Imagine cool. being in that in that environment. You got Captain Beefheart coming in out of there. I you know. got like, you're just like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> be crazy. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> All right, we um, do uh, do one more, and then we'll we'll get into our our alternate history. Yep, I will. Uh, We've got I'll the rest a... of the year to talk about everything we bought over the holidays. I'm I right. didn't even told you about my going into Barnes and Noble and fifty percent off. So right, and I haven't even I haven't even discussed my one number one of two you discover orders. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm gonna lump, I'm gonna cheat and lump two jazz records in together. Okay. Uh, uh, Oscar Peterson Trio, The Sound of the Trio, um, which is just a live recording of exactly what it says. Yep. Os- Oscar Peterson Trio, which is one of my new favorite jazz bands. Um, mm-hmm. Great recording. Uh, you can hear like literally like glasses clinking and the you know like servers talking while they're playing. Like it's great. Yeah. Um, and then one of my all-time favorites, which is also one of my, one of the hardest things to listen to <laughs> that I've probably encountered, but Ornette Coleman's Skies of America, oh, yeah. which is Ornette with a symphony. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so it's a, the London Symphony Orchestra uh, basically playing this giant symphony about America that Ornette Coleman wrote. And as you might imagine, it doesn't sound like your normal symphony. It's yeah, like, there's a, yeah. it gets really weird. Um, but it's incredible. It's like one of those things like you, you know, they cram so much music onto this disc that it's like you drop the needle and like a millisecond later it starts. And when it starts, it's like, just, you're just in just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, uh, but it's really, if you give us a time, it'll, uh, it'll make you really nervous. Awesome. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. I mean, it's not it, but nah, it's it's it for this episode, right? <laughs> uh, so let's do our uh, our uh, alternate history here. So give us a uh, give us a real short, um, you know, what is alternate history? Because we've only done one, I think, with right. uh, Black Sabbath. So yes, so alternate history, sort of my brain works sometimes like this where i think back to my days as a kid there was this comic book world called what if and it would always like pit villains would be heroes heroes would be villains what if this guy didn't get the power he has but he got some other power and like showing all the stuff that would happen if everything else was equal basically um so to that end sometimes i send you questions about like certain things and like one of them was like what if black sabbath had gotten the amount of popularity that like led zeppelin had or has gotten um what if their kind of worlds were reversed and we talked about that for a little bit yep and uh this time i think i sent you a couple and we picked this one um but uh the main crux of the question is what if uh bob dylan did not follow the path that we know that bob dylan followed and went electric and then he recruits the band which at that point were called the hawks into his orbit to be his backing band because you need an electrified band if you're going to play electrified rock and roll yeah um if you don't go electric you don't need that band and so if he keeps doing the protesty folk music uh, or even just the music that we know is electrified, uh, what if he never played it electric? He doesn't need that band. So then would we know the band like we know them today? Would there be, you know, uh, a last waltz? Would there be big pink even? Because really big pink is just an offshoot of the basement tapes. So (laughs) you don't, you don't need an electric band. Then suddenly you don't have that, which means if you fast forward all the way through today, suddenly you don't have like this, like revival of that, like aesthetic as a thing, like dudes in bands, you know, going off into the woods to make records and whatever, like, or like living some sort of fantasy world that they think like the band lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they yeah, may yeah. not have lived, you know? Yeah. Do yeah, we yeah. have like Mumford and Sons now? <laughs> <laughs> and are we better off if we don't? Who knows? Not here <laughs> to say that. But <laughs> I just thought it was it's an interesting thing because so much of what we know about like 
folk rock and this leans heavily on my having just seen uh was that echoes in the canyon or whatever yeah the yeah. movie is it so much of what we know about so much of that as a genre is the moment that dylan goes electric but really dylan was sort of it was sort of like a catch-up to the like you know the birds and all that was already sort of happening it was like a thing so it you know would would we instead of dylan would we know the birds as like the one or buffalo springfield as like even this bigger thing than they are well here here's my take yep um I think the short answer is no. I think the only reason Bob Dylan, I think only reason it was such a big deal is because he was Bob Dylan and he was a folk guy. Right. And he went electric. And so that made so many people mad that that was like right. press. So right. press fuels fire. So then right. the story becomes that he's now gone electric and then people get to weigh, on, weigh in on if they like it and they don't like it because right from kind of my understanding is like even after he got like uh you know the band guys leave on like pieced out after like a few shows because he was like i'm not gonna sit here and play and get booed the whole time like because he right. would do like first section would be folk sec and then like acoustic and then as soon as he would yep. go into the acoustics or the electric stuff that people would just boom you know and right. then that basically led him to like just stop touring um and then I guess in between that time is kind of when they all got together, right? And yeah, uh, and started working on everything. So I kind of I, I think the short answer is no. You wouldn't get the band as as right. we know it because um, because they probably wouldn't have sort of hid after that tour. You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> and uh, but you know. Uh, you know, my, my other thing, too, is like the majority of those guys were Canadians. So you never really know, like, why right. were they a big peak? Do you know what I mean? Like, was it <laughs> right. easier? Because it was like, I think I read somewhere it was like, you know, like it was like a couple hundred bucks a month for them to live there. Like, did someone just stash them there? Because they knew if they keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like that they're going to start having some visa troubles and things like that, you know? And so right. it's like, yeah, just park the Canadians there and we'll find Levon in Arkansas and just kind of get this thing started again, you know? So, yeah. but I don't think any of those other bands would have ever really replaced Dylan in that sense, because just the way he went, he just flipped the switch from, you know, folk to electric, but he did it in a way that still challenged people but with his same lyricism, I think that just let people like, you know, either hate it or love it, you know? So Yeah, because I read a, a really interesting uh, article while we after we had talked about this, when we were both kind of doing our homework um, about his the very famous Newport performance where he first comes out and like plays electric and the recordings of it, you know, you hear all this noise and all these things and like people over the years have kind of started more, more and more coming. They've, they've tried to find people either in the videos of that moment or like in the recordings of that moment. And like, like, what was it like to be there or whatever? Like, and there's all these really great like responses from these people. Like even the sound guy who's like, people weren't booing. Yeah. <laughs> And and 
you know, the interviewer's like, what are you talking about? He's like, what is all that? He's like, they're not booing because they hated him. We didn't have the sound set up for that. And it sounded terrible. He's like, you don't <laughs> understand. Like, it, yeah. there was nothing ready. F- like, nobody knew he was going to do that before. He just walks out and we're all like, uh-oh. And he just starts playing and like, you know, famously like Pete Seeger is there and like basically like spits on the stage and like, this is terrible or whatever. He's like, even asked Pete Seeger, he's like, no, I didn't leave because I was like mad at him for doing it. I was, I left because I couldn't believe they were letting him play and making him sound that bad. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, suddenly you have this like different opinion of even like, well, was it that, you know, was that moment that like cataclysmic or was it really the moments after? Cause like, especially when he went abroad yeah. and tried to play electric, they were really like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like, which is still, I mean, it seems silly now, you know, it's probably seemed silly 10 years after the fact, like people were mad about him playing electric guitar and yeah. having a drummer and like a bass player. Like, is that a real thing? Like people get mad about it, but like it, it meant something, you know, which is, I mean, that's a whole other episode topic. Like the fact that that sort of thing meant that much that people got that fired up about it, but they did. Um, but it's just, it's an interesting thought that like that one moment could change. Like if it doesn't happen, or not even that one moment, but like, even if he puts out a record that goes electric and then never plays like that again, you know, even that, like suddenly you don't have, you don't know, we don't have like this legend of the band. Yeah. <laughs> As like this mysterious, like group of dudes who just like showed up in Saugerties, New York and like hold up and started making records, you know, like, right. Which changes like so much about the mystique of like Americana music, you know, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, it's also kind I mean, of weird that that band has that much of a like pull on that too. But yeah, I think though that like I think the Americana thing would have come through at some point. I think the reason why it's just feels that way is probably because they're the only only a band that you could slowly slightly tie to americana that right. gets played on the radio right like classic rock radio do you know what i mean right so it's sort of the easy pull in where it's like oh yeah you know like everybody right. knows that you know so yeah everybody knows the weight yeah <laughs> everybody knows not to dribble dixie down i it's just like... actually um I, in one of the 1045s that I bought, uh, yeah, that we didn't talk about for obvious reasons, but um, <laughs> I found a let's see, Joe, uh, Joan Baez covering that song. It's oh, yeah, pretty interesting, yeah. And actually, on top of that, today I found a 2LP Joan Baez album uh, at the thrift store. And um, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's called Any Day Now. And it's all Dylan songs, which I thought was kind of cool. Yep. And I picked it up. So, Have you seen the, uh, speaking of Mr. Dylan once again, have you seen the Rolling Thunder review? I started it. I couldn't make it the whole way through, which I don't know. It's <laughs> probably more about me than anything else. But after a while, I was just like, 
I mean, I have my... My big thing is, is at the beginning of the do- beginning of a documentary, if Bob Dylan himself is going to say, this thing is stupid. I don't know why you're asking me these questions. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. I don't know why I did it. I just did it. Then it's like, so good. well, wait. So now I got to sit through two hours of us assigning <laughs> something to this? That doesn't it's, seem right. It reminded me of uh, uh, the true Hollywood stories skits on Chappelle's show. Yeah. Like when they're talking to Rick James and he's like, I never did that. And then yeah. they're like, yeah, but this happened and this happened. And then he said this happened. And then he's like sitting there like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> like there's about four of those with, with Bob. Yeah. It's like, he's like, man, he says all that in the beginning. And then literally every time they come back around to him, he's like, yeah, I mean, well, what we did was, and he's like, so you did do all that. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. There's some great moments with John Baez where she's just like, really giving it to him like she's like yeah. well you know everybody wants to see that guy and it's like whether you hated him or not like you wanted to be around him like yeah yeah but uh yeah it was it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> yeah no, i think i mean i think the night we watched it it's just after a while you're like i don't i was almost fatigued just watching yeah the whole thing so i have a i mean what are your this is completely not an alternate history question, but how do you feel about Mr. Bob Dylan? Um, <laughs> In general. So I always, uh, I have no issue with him. Um, yep. Like I know, like last time we talked about being like lazy Rolling Stones. Yes. People. Oh, um, which we have never still, have we talked on here about you listening to Emotional Rescue? No. Okay. We can get there. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of. Sh- I, I just listened to it. That's all that happened. Nothing happened. So good. It's so Nothing good. happened. I love it. Um. Uh, Sorry, okay. Bob Dylan. So he's kind of one of those. One of those records. It's like I don't. I don't always really assign like. I mean, like, okay, I've got certain things. Okay, okay, like hurricanes on desire. Do you know what I mean? Or like. Right. You know, actually, I bought this really expensive, like, blonde on blonde, like, 45, like, MoFi pressing or whatever. And yep. all it does is just really accentuate the high harmonica. <laughs> and I'm right. sort of like, ooh, like, it kind of wears me out, you know? Um, right. But, like, uh, was it Time Out of Mind is such an interesting record? And the Chronicles yep. book was really fun. Like, he's sort of a great artist to consume, but I don't love it does that make like well i don't worship it i'm not like the crazy dylan people but i've bought i buy you know i don't buy new stuff or whatever but like i remember one time years ago tower was going out of business and they had all their all his cds like five bucks or whatever and i just bought a bunch of them you know so um to kind of get caught up so there's like i guess what i'm saying is there's like a time and place in my life for bob dylan but it's not like all the time although I do love the basement tapes. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just right. sort of a really laid back. Like it's annoying to think that they're singing songs like that just on a whim, or you know what I mean, like very lackadaisical. Right. When other people probably kill themselves to make songs that pale in comparison in the studio with a full, right, full producer and everything. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Um, yeah. But the people, I will also say this. Sometimes I am jealous of like. 
I'm jealous of crazy Dylan heads. Like I'm sometimes jealous of like dead heads in the sense that like you can get so granular where you're like, you know, um, oh, my favorite, you know, like Althea is from this bootleg tape and it's not actually this one that everyone likes. And like, you know, you know, they go down these like crazy things like, wow, that must be fun. And like sometimes with Dylan, because he's got so many like outtakes and like bootlegs and there's just stuff always coming out like it's so confusing that i think the other thing too is it's a little intimidating to try to just suddenly become that obsessed with him but the people that are i sort of i'm i admire and i'm a little jealous of them just because i think it's great that they've got an artist that they could just like worship that much you know what i mean like right in that way right because i don't know that i have anybody that i'm that fired up about wait you are that fired up about dylan no no i just don't know that i have like anybody oh like any one single i mean maybe coltrane but like i still don't have like it still isn't like i went out and bought every coltrane record on vinyl the second i got a record player you know like i've got most there's not much to argue with there too either like i mean you can argue like the late interstellar whatever you know yeah that's jazz versus you know love supreme whatever but like the dylan stuff you can just i mean i think you know the dude makes like a christmas record and you know gives something for people to to you know him and haw over i guess but i think that that's also sort of like you know it's like i'm I'm, i sort of envy an artist like that like uh like him or like a willie nelson is a great example too where there's like i don't know if this is the record i'm gonna make here it is go do something with it and then they go immediately start making the next one you know what i mean right or like suddenly um, after like 25 years come out with like a duets record with all these new country artists yes (laughs) like what are you doing well now he's gonna be a superstar all over again that's what he's doing like okay i will say that like bob dylan the songwriter you know being able to hear how other people you know have recorded his songs that sort of puts him in a different stratosphere do you know what i mean like right i love the fact that he's maintained sort of both uh i mean just think about how much money he's made off all along the watchtower (laughs) right thank you Jimi hendrix yeah right right but right I mean, Hendrix has done it. I mean, Dave Matthews did it right. for forever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's just all these different, you know, versions of songs that you hear, and you're like, oh, he's doing, you know, that so and so's doing that, you know? So, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, to go back to the, you know, to kind of like wrap up the alternate history thing, like, I think it's just him going electric. It's It could be an interesting thing to find out. Maybe it wasn't as big. You know, maybe it was a little more fake news than it needed to be. And he right. unfortunately went immediately overseas afterwards. And so the backlash was just still sort of there. But, um, right. but you know, I think would we have gotten the band? I, I think the short answer is no. Although, right. you know, I think those guys would have kept playing with each other in another band with another headliner, you know, whether it been right. Ronnie or whoever. Yeah. And they may have eventually kind of gotten it together and pulled some stuff together. But I think... I mean, didn't Dylan write a few of the biggest songs on Big Pink? I mean, that was literally they got together. They did. I mean, they moved up there after he was kind of like he was like chilling after he dropped the bomb on everybody. They came off the road. Well, he had the motorcycle wreck, right? 
Yeah, and then yeah. he le- then he or then they left Ronnie Hawkins and were like Levon and the Hawks for a while, and then they were just the Hawks, and then the like Cruise, Corsairs or there was some some oh, other yeah. band, yeah. Was some other name, and uh, then I think their manager was like, yeah, Dylan's up here, and there's this crazy place up here, and you can just like disappear into the the woods basically and nobody cares and then so then they go up there and make this uh they make they did the basement tapes which came out later but was actually yeah. recorded before and then yeah. uh that just kind of spun into them staying at big pink and then making that record there and then that's how we got that so it's yeah. like you know i guess the better question is if the band never goes to new york <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do we have the band <laughs> yeah you know because it's like if they don't go up there then they're not with him and like the impetus isn't oh hey I, I need somebody to like back me up on these songs and we're just gonna like demo some stuff out you know right so the fair answer may be you definitely probably wouldn't have gotten big pink you may have gotten a right. version of the band but they may have been just cutting their own stuff that no one ever cared about right and he i mean i think a lot of those songs like were their songs but i'm sure i'm sure he had like a nice guiding hand. And I mean, if you're going to be in the presence of somebody who writes that much great material, you're going to listen and be like, whatever he says to do, I'm probably just going to do because yep. it's probably going to be right. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Either way, I just scored a copy of Big Pink on eBay. So. It's, nice. it's, heading my, it's heading my way. So yeah, good. I found that in a record store in Alabama, like years nice. ago, just on a whim. Like you know, like oh yeah, man, I gotta have this one. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, love it, love it, love yeah. it, love it. I mean, I know we talked to the other day about our favorite of their records, and that is definitely. I, I listened to most all the ones that I have on CD and or digitally again, and I was like, man. There's something about that record that just gets me. Like, yeah. it's just it's that good. It's like, wow. So I have to tell you a realization uh, of mine in yep. regards to my music collection. All right. And it has to do with certain news this week. I don't own any Rush. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that That's weird? Okay. No, it's not. But I'd totally forgotten that we did not mention that Neil Peart passed away. That's I know. Right. I know. Um, um, yeah. That, I mean, no, it's not weird. It's not weird <laughs> at all. And, but I kind of thought, like, oh, I probably have like a CD or something that I found. I don't. I can't find a single thing. And you know, I was, I was just sort of like, oh, okay, you know. So I was, I've been driving around all day, heading up thrift stores and stuff, and just been playing Rush <laughs> stuff, which is funny because I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start at the beginning. I saw, I read this right. report about this guy who. He's been collecting the very first LPs album covers and his whole living room walls decorated by him. And I was like, oh, that'd be oh, an wow. interesting place to start. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, man, this is man, Rush had a, kind of a weak first record, you know? And then I didn't realize that like Neil Peart joined right. the second record. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Now it sounds like Rush was a fly yes. by night or whatever. So, right. Yeah. Um, so, this isn't to say that I think I'm going to go out and buy a lot of Rush, but I, I was sort of like, Oh, I because for me, Rush is one of those bands that classic rock radio has ruined. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, by only playing, you know, Tom Sawyer, basically. And right. um, 
And so I just, they always got on my nerves with, with those classic rock songs. But yeah. I obviously know there's, you know, much more to them and everything they've done. So maybe I'll get into a rabbit hole at some point. But I've, I've been just seeing people post so much stuff. And I'm like, that's right. great. And I'm like, I don't have any. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Weird. I think that like, and this is not without this as a drummer, of course, I can go yes. on this tangent yeah. in multiple directions. But yeah. as a music fan first, I think they have they have been done a disservice yes by uh, tom sawyer being not even just tom sawyer but like there's like you hear like tom sawyer and like spirit of the radio yeah yeah um there's like if you're gonna maybe fly by night maybe yep. but yep. like those are like the top three you're probably gonna hear yep. all the time yeah uh i think as far as i go Moving Pictures is a classic, like, late 70s, early 80s, like, it's that, it's that beautiful moment when, like, music and technology are starting to kind of mix, and, like, yep. the people who kind of have had their ear to the ground for that have, like, are starting to, like, really mess with it, yep. and it's, it's sort of like, like, them and the police definitely had that thing going on and, and were sort of similar in more than one way and not just cause they were a trio, but like the songwriting on that record is really great. Like the it's, it's listenable without being, you know, like it's not super poppy. It's not super proggy, although yep. it is proggy. Uh, yep. Some of the songs are really long or whatever, but it's like, it keeps moving at a clip that you're like, okay, this is cool. There's not like, you know, they had some songs with like 15 movements and, you know, very, yeah. like, yes yeah. style prog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's only, there's a, there's like three or four of those records where they really, I feel like, hit that stride of like being, hitting the middle ground perfectly between a prog rock band and like a pop band or a rock yeah. band. And like, Moving Pictures is one. That's where I started. That's the first, first record I got. And then I think Donnie Schroeder actually, uh, convinced me. He's like, man, as a drummer, he's like, I don't love them either, but you should check this out. And I think yeah. it's uh, Power Windows or something like that. Yeah, it's really good too. It's yeah. and it's got that's like that may be the Spirit of the Radio record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's also a really good one, or yeah. maybe Free Free Will even. I don't know. But um, I will. Uh, I'm, I'm planning on you know, some background music at the office streaming. Yeah. Whole kind of fun. I mean, that. some of that stuff is, it, it's still like, I listen to it. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't, yeah. they have a very enjoyable, there's a documentary called, I think all the world's stage. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I have, skimmed by it many times across the lighted stage or whatever that lyric is um that one is really good um but you do not there is no interview with neil because he doesn't he never did them like i think he talked to like drum magazines and that was it like he's like i'm not doing nobody comes backstage to talk to me like fans are trying to get back there they show them the guys are like yeah you're not getting in there like yeah (laughs) he's not gonna do that yeah but uh yeah, I mean, definitely a loss for the music world, but 
sounds like he had been probably pretty sick for a while. So yeah, 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 for sure. That sucks. It, it crazy too that he'd probably been sick for even these last few tours that they had done because they yeah. kind of kept up a really good clip for a while. Yep. So yep. Yeah, and nobody knew really. It was just like, oh my gosh, what happened? Brain yeah, cancer. like, oh, jeez, oh, like, wow, yeah. all right. Yeah. But um, all right, my friend. Yeah. Um, so for our next episode, I'm gonna have to figure out which chunk of records to talk about next. <laughs> yeah, I think by that time I will have a new chunk, and pl- probably will have my uh, you discover music piles to go yeah. through. So we'll have to see if any of these. <laughs> Gospel soul records I've been bidding on today come through oh. with Carolina Soul. So, yeah, they all probably finish up today, right? Yeah, uh, tomorrow on some of the ones, dude. Right. There were five hundred dollar records in there. I was, it was yeah. insane. I'm I'm not into those. I'm 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 scanning to see which ones haven't been bid on, and then I'm like, okay, right. I'll put in six bucks on that, and maybe right. I'll get it. If I don't, no big deal. I think yeah. all the ones that I bid on in tomorrow. So, okay. Yeah. So nice. Alrighty, man. Well, this was fun. And yeah, brother. We'll do it again soon. All right, man. All right. Bye. Bye.